calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Everyone, welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast hosted by two lesbians who met through music. Did you did you know that about us? I don't us? think we ever say that on the show. I, no. We might never have mentioned no. it before. But, uh, <laughs> from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who've been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And we are going to start with our trivia nights. And the list keeps on growing. We are so excited. And this week, this Thursday, I will be in New York City. Unfortunately, Lee will not be there. But come hang out with me. Come hang out with me at Henrietta Hudson this Thursday, September 26th at 730. We're doing an L Word trivia night. We also have one coming up in D.C. on October 3rd at XX+. There's another one in Boston, and this is going to be a new one. We're doing LGBTQ pop culture on October 10th. And if you're in Denver, we are going to have L Word Trivia at Blush and Blue on October 11th. We're also going to have an after party there with the DJ, so you're not going to want to miss that party. We're also going to be in New York again in October at Caveat. This one's going to be a little bit more fancy. Everyone's seated at tables, cocktail service, and that one's on October 27th. And we're still looking for hosts or people interested in having trivia in other cities. If you want that to happen, reach out, let us know, send us an email at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. We are also doing our Patreon Season 3 campaign right now. We are so excited. We have a new tier called King Princess, of course. $50 tier. And at that tier, you get to vote on a should have been gay. So if you want to be able to vote on what should have been gays we're going to do, join before September 30th to be a part of that vote. We also have a new sponsor level that's at $250 if you want us to promote any of your businesses, if you have uh, a queer shout out that you want us to do, basically whatever you want us to record, let us know and we will make it happen for you. You have complete control over what comes out of our mouths for $250. (laughs) Heavy, heavy disclaimer on that. (laughs) Very, very cheap date (laughs) or expensive date. I don't know. Um, (laughs) We're also going to be going to the weekend soiree, October 31st in New Orleans. We really hope to see you all there. And other exciting news, last Wednesday, our friend and your friend Karen Frost's book, Daughter of Fire, Conspiracy of the Dark, came out with Ilva Publishing. It is a young adult fantasy novel. Uh, I have not read it yet because as of us recording this, it is not out yet, but it will come out before you get to listen to this so hopefully we will have checked it out you should check it out and the sequel's coming out in november so get started reading because otherwise you'll have to catch up 
That's This Week in the Lesdom. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you Episode 2 of Season 3, Music to Our Queers, with Angie Kay. <laughs> Angie Kay is a Latin American country singer who has independently released two original albums, both of which landed in the top five on iTunes. She's just off of a tour opening for Jake Owen. She was also on The Voice, Team Blake, and we are so excited to have her with us today. Angie, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I'm so excited to be here. I finally get to meet you guys. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, other than uh, everything we just covered in your bio, I mean, that's that's basically it, right? But tell all of our listeners just uh, a little bit about yourself in your own words, maybe, what, what you do. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had quite the journey, um, like everybody, uh, but I started off... I was working at a salvage yard like eight years ago, so it's pretty wild to think about, which is where your car goes once it gets totaled. And I just kind of like slowly but surely couldn't not do music. And before I knew it, things started unraveling. And uh, all of a sudden, I started doing it full time and just from small bars to getting to play, you know, on stage in front of 12 million people for NBC and uh, now getting to open stadiums. Like it's it's been a pretty insane journey. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to get to tell the story that I don't really get to tell that often. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So how did you even get to that first small stage? Like, where where were you living? I uh, I grew up in Georgia. So I was born in El Salvador, and I moved to Georgia when I was 11. And I was kind of a, uh, I was kind of a shy kid, and I kind of, like, toyed between this shy kid and trying too hard, which doesn't suit, it's not, it's not a best place to do in, like, you know, middle school. And so <laughs> my mom saw that, and she was like, she bought me a guitar that I really wanted. My parents don't make a lot of money, so they, like, they work really hard, but I have four sisters and she like went and saved up and bought me this guitar and it was like finally like I had my place to say whatever I wanted to say and people had to pay attention and like I think that all the time when people talk about how important music education is like even if I wasn't doing this for a living that gave me the greatest gift that I've ever been given which is just to have my place and to have people listening to what I want to say. Yes. I, I love the idea that if you have a guitar, people sh- people have to listen to you. Right. Is, that, is that what someone told you once, Ellie? Is that uh Yes. No, I mean, I understand that. I also am a musician. <laughs> like Ellie just travels with a guitar at all times now. I love it. Yeah, and I'm like, Silence I have a guitar just start playing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love exactly. it. We are here to talk a little bit about LGBTQ representation in music. You just released a new music video uh, for Leave California. In the music video, there is a relationship between two women in a long-distance relationship. Is that true to your own life? It's not just true to my own life. This The video is so interesting because my girlfriend's in it, first of all. The girl in it is my girlfriend. Amazing. Four years. And she and I co-produced it, so we filmed it and everything oh, together. Wow. Which definitely tested our relationship, I'm not going to lie. But we, the end result was great, so, <laughs> so I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, but I, uh, I love her a lot, and, and to me... It, I'm so fortunate in that I grew up with a family that I knew would love me no matter what. Even though I knew they were uncomfortable when I came out, there was never a doubt in my mind they wouldn't be there. And that gave me this incredible gift that I only realize now that I'm older that no, like so many people don't get to have. And it was just that I, I never was uncomfortable being my own person if I felt like it was right. And so walking into Nashville and having toured for seven years on my own in bars and never really feeling any pushback against it, I walked into, you know, the uh, country music television CMT in Nashville is pretty big. And they were like, what song do you want to release? And I was like, I really want to release this one. And I had this idea for this music video. And I uh, played her the song. And I remember Leslie Fram is probably one of the most powerful women in in Nashville, which I did not understand fully when I met her. And she listened to the song like three times. She's like, this is great. We're going to put it on CMT. And I like leave. And I didn't realize what a big thing that was until later on, I realized that that's that hasn't happened for a lot of LGBTQ artists in the past. And we're living in an amazing age that I'm gifted to live in, thankful to a lot of people that have fought for me to be here, um, where it it just wasn't a, a concern for the people in power. And that was like, it was crazy to me to be able to experience that without ever feeling that shyness of, should I even do this? If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and not just, I mean, not even just in music in general, where it's also true, but like, especially in country music, which, I mean, I know we've kind of jumped jumped a little bit off of like how you got to where you are today, but I'm curious, like, was it always country? Like, was that sort of always where you found your home musically? Like, is that always where you wanted to be? Or is it just like one of many 
places that you kind of dabble in or because it, it is sort of it feels like a weird place uh, it's still sort of like a weird place for queer artists to find themselves definitely I yeah, it's definitely a place where you like there's this great song called put your records on by Corinne Bailey Ray I don't know if you've heard of it but yes. it, it has this, <laughs> yes. yeah it has this amazing chorus it's like girl put your records on play me your favorite song you go ahead let your hair down and I love it so much because I feel like it describes exactly what it means to deal with that pushback or that feeling of uncomfortable that who I am is wrong. And it's that like, don't let 99 people that want to love you miss out on it because you're so scared of that one person. And I think that that's just like the biggest lesson that I've learned in like this journey of getting here is like 99 people are sitting there waiting to love me. And I put that in my head every time I brush up against something uncomfortable because I'm like, it's like when you're serving tables, you serve like 30 tables that are just great. They tip you 25% and that you have that one complete jerk of a table. And what do you think about at the end of the day is that one terrible table. So it's kind of like you have to rewire your brain sometimes to really just focus in on, on, on the good stuff. Yeah. Well, and I also love it though, because it, I'll be completely honest. I love country music, like, Mm -hmm. and have heavily stopped listening to it since I was in high school because I couldn't get past so I get much it, I get of it. the bro boys club has kind become, of vibe well the that and also what has become like so heavily politicized about the whole genre I think yeah in that way that that what what I found really disappointing about it at the time is like country is soul music, you know? And I'm like, who has more soul than queer people? Let's be real. You know? <laughs> like there's that. just <laughs> there's so much there. There's so mm-hmm. much that you can tackle that form, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and that's what I that's what I wanna see. And that's why like it's I mean, literally, obviously, you know, this this was sort of like a, a last minute thing to reach out to you and get you on, and that's why we're so excited that it happened was like because I think we both had that immediate, like, oh my god, yes, please. Like, this is what we want. We want, like, these voices. We want this music yeah. out there. But, because uh, it is, there's so, there's so much there. It's, it, I'm so intrigued by how that, like, whether there's going to be more of a shift and whether we're going to start seeing more people stepping up. Because, like, you know, I mean, it it is. It's... It's a big, you're a big deal. It's a big deal. (laughs) Well, what's so cool is watching so many journeys of the people before me. Like Ty Herndon is a, is a great example. He, I've gotten to meet him a few times in Nashville. I actually just performed at the, at the Glad Awards here in Nashville as well. So I got to see so many uh, artists tell their story. And he said he, he lost his label. He almost lost his life because of the pressure that that caused when he came out. Shane McAnally is a, married to a, an amazing man, has two kids, the uh, arguably one of the top five songwriters in this city, which is in a huge thing to say. He's in Songland right now doing amazing. And he's very open about it. He posts pictures about him and his husband. He posts pictures of his kids. And uh, it just goes to show you how much things have changed. And you don't really realize that when you're living in the changed part. And I think that the weight of that gravity is only starting to hit me now of how grateful I am of of everyone. You know, it, it's silly. Like these people that walk in the streets with pride flags in their underwear, like it matters. Like somebody in Louisiana or middle, middle of nowhere in the Midwest saw that and said, I can be who I am, you know? And it, it seems silly at first yeah. until you realize the happiness that it really represents. Yeah. yeah. That, it reminds me a lot. Did, did you watch the Shelley Wright documentary? I did not. Do I need to do that? You need Tell to. Tell me about it's it. It's called Wish Me Away. So the only reason that I know Shelley Wright is because of this documentary. <laughs> um, but she was one of the first country musicians to come. But yes, I do know of her. And she she has an incredible story. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I I remember when she came out. It was That was huge at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm interrupting your story about the documentary. No, I feel Tell like. about the documentary. I feel like she's <laughs> the Ellen of country music. We need to have like a Skype, a Skype watching this. You know, you can on Netflix now, you can watch it with somebody and their pictures on the side of the screen. Kind of like a Skype session. Brilliant. We should do that. We're all going to get together. And if you're listening in, you can come and watch it with us too. Perfect. We we actually do that with lesbian movies, like with Uh, our listeners. So they can. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Let's go. No pun intended. But yeah, it was it was really amazing, and I think her story is amazing. And it's crazy that I think she came out publicly in 2007. So it's been 12 years since then. Wow. And when she came out, 
it was, like you said, like big deal. Big deal, like could be career ruining. I mean, like, it it took a did. huge hit on her career. I mean, yeah. Ellen lost the TV show. <laughs> yeah, like completely. Yeah. People forget that all the time because people just yes. see the success she has now. But she lost everything, and if she had given up yes. at that point, she wouldn't be everything that she is, and we wouldn't be everything we are. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. she wasn't always giving away cars, right? There was, but I do think it is really good to remember. But also, like you said, like. Such a blessing that you went into that you went into talk about this music video and didn't get pushed back. Yeah. So like it is really amazing that in like a little over ten years, that's how much further we've come. Pretty um, So I'm just excited to see what what comes next. Did you go into that meeting and tell them that you guys were going to do the music video together? Yeah, like, I mean, I told her what the song was about. I told her how I wanted to make the music video. And she just was so interesting because I couldn't tell what she was thinking. And she just listened to the song three straight times back to back. And I just kind of stood there, which, by the way, very uncomfortable thing to do as an artist. Like, do I bop? Like, do I, like, clap? Like, do I, like, act super stoked? Or does that look... you lip sync. You lip sync to it. (laughs) Like, faux perform it for her (laughs) in her little office. No, she listened to it three times back to back. And she looks up and she goes, we want it. Yeah, we love it. We're down. And I was like, the music video wasn't made. The song wasn't even out. And I had just raised, like, eight grand to record, uh, to do the music video in the first place. So, like, nothing was done. And she was, and I, people are asking for like slots like this all the time that are way more powerful. Again, I did not realize this till after the fact, but I guess it's just one of those things. Like I have failed so many times in my life. And I think that when you really love something, your brain automatically works like in a tinkering way. So like I work on cars too. So like, it's kind of like in the same way, if you're facing a problem with an engine, you're tinkering and you get it wrong. You're upset about it. But at the same time, you're obsessed with figuring out how to get it right. And it's the exact same thing when you're doing something that you're passionate about. And the problem is the failures are very personal. Like they burn really deeply because everything is personal. You know, like this is your, this is what you want to get right so badly. But that's also the exact same fire that forces you to mentally make a note and say, all right, I need to tweak this and tweak this and tweak this. Let's try it again. You know, it's like skateboarding, running, whatever, whatever your passion is. Like if you feel like it hurts, it's probably the right place to be, which I don't know how great advice that is, but that's my take. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that is valid advice. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like it's almost, it's that way for us with the podcast too. Like, I feel like we're mm-hmm. like, how do we get, I don't know. I'm like ridiculously creative about trying to like get people on the show. You know what I mean? And it's like, you I've ask been there, like, man. like a hundred people and like 10 people say yes, but they're awesome people. So like the people who didn't come on, it's like, it's fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, I get it. It's, yeah. it is. It's like all about problem solving rather than failing. I like that mindset. Failing forward as a, as I heard Will Smith say once. <laughs> <laughs> the, the great Will Smith. Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> what's the uh what's the one that he does on the good place too where he's like i'm a like middle-aged white man i can only fail up we just all need to learn how to fail up right I yes think that's... fail up I like, like a it. white man we can do it can <laughs> yeah only fail right up. <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious who who was the first openly queer musician that you really remember like brandy carlisle there <laughs> Next oh, wow, question. That was, uh, you <laughs> so didn't fast. Get to answer the, or ask that question. That was just like for boom. sure. There you go. We're, it's know. it's okay. We're not on like Jeopardy. You don't. You don't have to <laughs> ding 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 ding. How much did I make? Were, no. were you out was, when you heard Brandy Carlisle? <laughs> you know, honestly, her voice captivated me first. Uh, she has such an amazing timber. Just that break that she does. If you if you if you're vocally trained, you immediately recognize how tough that is to do. And even when you're not, you just notice something. You, it perks your ears up immediately when she does that little break in her voice, especially when it's high, like on the joke or, or on the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's just something so raw and, and wraps you in about it. And I think one of the reasons why I respect her so much is uh, because she was known as like a gay artist at first when the story came out. And that was like to tell a story of like a gay story, I guess, on, on Grey's Anatomy. Great soundtrack. But um, then she... When she won all those Grammys recently this year, I did not read one single headline that even mentioned that she was gay. And I was like, 
I know that times have changed for sure, but like how established are you in, as an artist to be the, the point where like that isn't even something that they anybody cares about? Like she's just that good. So I think she's always just kind of grown in my peripheral as like as an artist and as a person. And I've just, I've always liked her. I mean, she is undeniably amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's a very objective thing, but also maybe it's because we're queer women. I feel like we're like, friend <laughs> Carlisle is God. <laughs> I feel like I want to make shirts that just say, like, gay for Brandy, and I'm going to sell them at her yeah. concert. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure oh everyone God. is gay for Brandy, but, yeah. so you'll sell a lot of shirts. I like it. I like this plan, guys. Yes. <laughs> We're going to watch Netflix documentaries and sell Brandy Carlisle bootlegger merch. This I like is, it. This is our life now. Forget everything else. We're done. <laughs> We're it. just staying here right in this in this Skype session forever. No. Um, <laughs> I feel like for me, this is like probably the most cliche, but it has to be Melissa Etheridge. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Like, I'm I trying to get on a cruise. I'm trying to get on a Melissa Etheridge cruise. I'm currently being considered. So I'm like, um, I'll do it for free. But my manager's like, don't say that yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wait, okay. that's awesome. <laughs> how, how big is your carry on though? Cause I'm like, I'm pretty small. Oh, yeah? Just fit in my bag? It'd be great. I like yeah, this plan. Yeah, I'll, I'll hop in. I like it. My girlfriend won't mind at all. You just sit, like, sleep in between it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very That's small. Great. I'm a real good cuddler. I'm an excellent travel companion. I've, I love know, it. It's fine. It's fine. That will be so cool. Have you met Melissa Etheridge before? I have not. I would, uh, I would definitely be very nervous to meet her, I think. Because you, you get to meet a lot of people out here, but I think she's one of those ones that, like, I think my problem is if I'm really nervous about a celebrity and I'm meeting them, my immediate reaction is to get away from them as soon as possible. So like literally I talk to them like, hi. And then I immediately end the conversation and leave. Like I cannot, I can't just like sit there and talk to them. Like it's really hard. We Rita Wilson, uh, yes. Tom Hanks wife. She was backstage at the Glad Awards too. And my girlfriend wanted to talk to her so bad. And I was like, I just can't do it. Like, like I just can't do it. And then finally we talk and I think she actually wanted to keep talking and I just left. And my girlfriend's like, why did you just bail? I'm like, I don't know. I got nervous. Okay. You're like, I can't embarrass myself if I don't speak. <laughs> but then you embarrass yourself by just like looking by like not a, speaking. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You got to get yourself uh, an Ellie because that's where she like pulls things oh, together. For are you one of, of those great. like super social people? Yes. I, I gotcha. You're just like, you're fearless. She's I fearless. I strongly she just... identify as an extrovert. All right, Ellie, yes. if you were going to teach somebody that was not an extrovert, that had to, for their job, for all the musicians listening in, had to, for their job, go out and like mingle and say like Nashville in front of a bunch of people, a bunch of industry and artists, what are the top three things they need to know? Oh my goodness. That is Ooh. a really good question. I feel like one thing that people need to know that I think actually takes a lot of pressure off is that people want to talk about themselves. So mm. all you need to do is just ask them questions. Clever. And then the onus is on them. They have to carry the conversation. Is that why you asked me on this podcast? Yeah, you know right? <laughs> I'm like, also, that's why I have a podcast. Because all you have to do is just ask other people questions. They talk. And then, it, yeah, I do no work. But that's, I think, the biggest one. And I think number two is that everyone else is just as nervous as you are. Oh. What I like to do is just try to make other people feel comfortable. And if you make yeah. other people feel comfortable, then, like, you're going to be fine. This is going to be the next, like, workshop Ellie teaches. I know. I I'm like, it. I'm also, like... I've never really actively thought about this before, but I feel like I'm saying it. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I feel like this is a good place for an ad placement, like, do, 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 do. And then I'm like, tune in next week, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> tune in next week for Ellie's confidence class. I actually do. I do a class called Comfort Zone Crushers. It's a performance class. Oh, I need to take class. it. I teach acapella, so I do it at, like, acapella festivals. So you're telling so me I, I teach it for high you. schoolers who really... Who needs to get out of your high school zone? <laughs> yeah. So we mentioned that uh, that Ellie and I met through acapella. This is we we literally had a listener make us a. They made us a set of drinking game rules. We do drinking games for like movies and stuff, and they made us one for the podcast. And one of them is every time we mentioned that we met through acapella. So, so <laughs> people are gonna have to drink. Sorry. You know, so I did acapella everyone. too. 
Tell us more. I went to Georgia Tech for two years and I did a, a acapella group, all girls, called Nothing But Treble. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. Nice. I was also in an all girls acapella group. Surprise, surprise. It's where all the cool kids are. It is. Yep. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well we'll we're gonna uh have our hot acapella country single coming your way soon. Don't worry. Yes. I like it. After the Netflix documentary and the Brandy Carlisle merchant. Yes. Yeah. We've got a busy summer ahead of us, okay? <laughs> Can we bring it back to Melissa Etheridge super quickly? Okay. Let's <laughs> the gay come to my window. Ever. So here's one thing. I love Melissa Etheridge. However, I never knew what she looked like. Oh, okay, did you guess so, right or wrong? So, no, here's the thing. One summer, my girlfriend worked at a Whole Foods, okay? She texts me and she goes, Melissa Etheridge is in Whole Foods. <laughs> this was on Cape Cod, so I'm pretty sure, like, she was going to Provincetown or something. I don't know. And <laughs> I go to Whole Foods to, like, stalk Melissa Etheridge, but didn't know what she looked like. So I just start following around this woman who looked like a lesbian <laughs> are you taking pictures at this point is she like trying to get milk from no, the, like i'm the... just still trying to like just try to get a glimpse and i'm following this woman i'm like i don't know this woman doesn't look like she's like a famous person i don't know like she was <laughs> this is gonna sound rude but what a woman's just... like who is this following yeah me? and she's like why is someone following me so i pull out my phone and i like look up you know <laughs> What does Melissa Etheridge look like? And it's not this woman. Oh <laughs> and God. as I'm looking at the picture of Melissa Etheridge, Melissa Etheridge like walks by me. <laughs> Did she see your phone? And I'm like, uh, I hope she didn't. And oh, then yeah. I felt so awkward. I just never said anything to her. So as Lee's like, I'm fearless. I didn't say hi to Melissa Etheridge when I saw her in a Whole Foods. So am I that fearless? I don't know. Melissa Etheridge is on a podcast somewhere right now being like, this one time on Cape Cod, uh, I walked past someone like as they I were Googling it. me on their phone. <laughs> yeah. You made it first here, folks. Yeah. I was in Whole Foods just trying to buy some kombucha and, you know, go about my day. Yep. That's funny. But yeah, I felt too awkward because I had followed that other woman for so long. It was, it was just a lot. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I was next to Melissa Etheridge at one point, but <laughs> nothing happened. You breathed into the same air at some point. Yeah, we ate the same Whole Foods pizza. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, Lee, man. who's yours? Uh, okay, so... <laughs> Can I give my non-answer first? Because as soon as I asked you, and I was like, oh, that probably means I'm going to have to answer this at some point. So, like, who is the first queer artist I can remember? Um, and the first queer artist I remember is actually not. <laughs> you thought they were? Well, it's not that I thought they were. It's that it was Tattoo. Mm. Do you remember Tattoo? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we just had like a video of that reaction happening, but yeah. Uh but I, I mean that was like I think the first big song from when I was in high school where you were just like, Oh my god, it's like gay. What what is this like, song? I, How do I not know it? Oh it's called my god, Tattoo. No, the group That's was the called band, Tattoo. But you Dude, I have no idea. Song. But All you know what? She said. I grew up in a Spanish-speaking country, <laughs> so and they were they were in the little like schoolgirl 
uniforms and they and it's it it wasn't even a it was a cover right like it was a, the song existed already it's a cover uh of i don't remember who did the original all the things she said um but it was it was two girls and the whole music video was like them with their emo hair and makeup and their little catholic schoolgirl outfits and I they're love like it already. making out in the rain yeah i mean for like for little like baby gay us in high school i mean it was you know you were just like they're kissing <laughs> oh my god um i i think if i had to to name the first actual queer artist it is probably uh, either, I, it probably is, like, Melissa Etheridge, but also, like, Tegan and Sarah. Oh, Tegan and well, Sarah. Well, yeah, they're, yeah. like, class, yeah. Yeah. That's, like, very obvious peak gay. Yeah. Peak, <laughs> peak Just, gay. I don't know, I think yeah. peak gay would be pink gay. Pink, pink gay. Mm. <laughs> yes. I like she's right there at the top. Who is the most famous female gay person? I suppose lesbian person. I feel like it as like in general, it's Ellen. Oh yeah, sorry, I was easy. Singer? Second yeah, most famous <laughs> singer. No, not singer. singer. Anything, anything at all. Oh, anything, Ellen. Yeah, but after second be Ellen. because Ellen's like too big. No one's gonna reach. I feel her, like so it's second. like you would have to ask a straight person and be like, "Who is a oh. famous lesbian?" Because for me, Damn it, I'll be so like, true. "I'll be like, oh, uh, it's I don't know, Ellen Page I, or Kristen Stewart." No, see, I think if you ask, well, it depends on how old the straight person you're asking is. I feel like in my head only because we like just quoted it in whatever episode we just recorded, but I feel like Martina Navratilova would be a big one. Mm. Okay. I don't know this. No. Yeah. No. I think that's <laughs> a tennis player. That's a dated reference. <laughs> but see, that's what I'm saying. I think it like I feel like when you say straight people in my head, I'm always like, say I asked a 60-year-old straight person cuz like who's straight under the age of 40 these days? Come on. Yeah. Nobody. No one. <laughs> I kind of always feel like everybody's a little gay. Everybody thinks that's right? Yeah. I'm like, you know, I mean, in my experience, I feel like generations as you get younger, like everyone's getting more fluid, everyone's getting more queer, like, I don't know. I'm just glad that whole phase of, like, the second somebody tells you they're gay, they, like, immediately say, I've always wanted to try that. Like, it's like, um, I'm so glad that phase is over. Maybe that was just a college phase. It is. Okay. It, it's over. No, see, it I is, think it's different, it's though, because my college, they just all I mean, it worked it, for me so in college. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just got old after that. <laughs> Same. But it's, you know, it was de- it was detrimental to my health. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Melissa Etheridge would still qualify as like a a, a top billing gay, right? For sure, She's like I a think you're right. Well known gay, yeah. I think so you guys should make a list like top ten most famous yeah. lesbian artists. We'll, ra- we'll come up with a complicated algorithm. I'm gonna be looking for that Instagram post just so I can troll you. <laughs> you know, all the wrong. I'm sure we're plenty of people together, will troll okay. us for that post. Nothing makes more people angry than a list. I'm telling you. <laughs> BuzzFeed's onto something. <laughs> BuzzFeed, yes. you won't believe who the most famous gays are. <laughs> Click here to find out. Yeah, no, we're we're gonna add together like the Twitter followers, the Insta followers, the Google results. Yeah, we'll get we'll get like a a hard. I, I'm like the scientist of the two of us. I love it. Yeah, I need like I need data. I need like I'm just like I feel like I agree. I feel like I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> This is what I need. Uh, but I think if we had to say most famous queer singers, 100% Janelle Monet, Haley Kiyoko. Right? Yeah. Janelle Monet. Lesbian God, Lesbian Jesus. Uh, I think There's so, right? a lot of bisexual singers, too. Halsey? Yeah, Halsey is one of my favorites. Halsey, Halsey? I shouldn't call Janelle Monet Lesbian God because she's like pansexual. She's God, pansexual, right? yes. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, Janelle. Don't hate us, Janelle. Come on the podcast someday. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk, as we're talking about, like, all of these musicians who identify certain ways, I want to talk a little bit about musicians in general using the LGBTQ audience to sell mm-hmm. records. <laughs> or I feel like, okay, so the most, the thing that comes to my mind. People are playing the gay card to sell more records. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Like, it's a little, okay. it's a little pandering. Do you, do you think that straight musicians now, because it's more accepted, are pandering to audiences by singing about LGBTQ, LGBTQ issues? Or 
Do you think it's important for straight people to still sing about the LGBTQ community and it shows they support the community? I feel like there's just been a big debate about that lately. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to hear what are your thoughts? Um, I think, have you ever read the book The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell? Mm-mm. Really, really good book, but basically just talks about how there's always a tipping point when it comes to any kind of social, cultural, or like product trend. And in this case, it would obviously be like social and cultural. And I think that honestly, the Taylor Swift video, I saw that like things starting to get crazy because usually during Pride Month, the first two weeks, it's big. The rest of the month, it's pretty quiet. This month, for whatever reason, some wildness happened and it started getting really big. I started seeing tons of of big artists talk about the LGBT community that were not in it. And I was like, that's really cool. And then boom, Taylor Swift makes this insanely big video that's honestly, it's going to be one of the top videos that came out this year. Them and the Jonas Brothers, she has taken over YouTube for this year. You know, like that video, easily a half million dollar project. And it has every major famous gay person in it. And then on top, right when that came out, all of a sudden I saw a flurry of of people. And I have this idea of what probably happened was, it's the same thing with like racism. If you've never come across it, it's easy to sit back and say, I don't think it exists anymore. I don't understand what all these people are upset about. I'm not like saying whether that's right or wrong. I'm just saying if someone doesn't have experience with it, I see them having that opinion. And only until they see it with their own eyes do they feel like there's something that they have to say about it. So I think what happened was when you saw this huge rise of all these people saying LGBTQ is normal, you also saw that pushback of that 1% of people that are really upset about it. And when that 1% spoke up, it made all these other people realize this is real. Like people are actually really upset about this. And then they felt driven to come out because also they had the safety of the majority now on there. So I think people, there's this perfect balance between people were driven to say something at the same time that it was a safe place to say it. And I think mm-hmm. those two kind of, kind of came together this at the end of Pride Month this month in 2019. And I think it did a lot of good. Actually, really, I completely agree with you. I think it's really interesting. There has there has just been a lot of like mm-hmm. a lot of people saying the opposite of that. Like it's cool, so they're doing it because it's cool. But I watched the Taylor Swift video, and I think number one, she has been very vocal about actually supporting LGBTQ mm-hmm. organizations. Mm-hmm. Very vocal about trying to change policies regarding LGBTQ people. So for the Taylor Swift video in particular, my personal opinion is that if you are a an active supporter of the LGBTQ community besides your music video, and then you use your music video as a platform to help, that's great. Yeah. Can we contrast that though? Because yes. let's contrast that. Okay. So I know, I know we just talked about them and it's a very old reference and Angie will need to watch the video. You're going to go and look up all the things she said tattoo after know, this. And you're just going to, you're going to sit in like horrified silence that this was a thing that existed. But you had two girls who were not queer at all, whose whole career was kind of based around like, not just sexualizing them in a way that was a little skeevy just because of like how young they were, but like specifically mm-hmm. sexualizing them as like lesbians together. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was kind of their whole shtick, right? It was like, here's how we'll get attention, right? And so there's there's that whole thing. I also I think, I mean, I know I know Katy Perry has sort of possibly... I would say dabbled. I'd use the word dabbled. Or, and or, yeah, dabbled <laughs> is a great word. Let's go with dabbled. Um, but when I Kissed a Girl came out, I mean, that was nowhere on anyone's radar, right? You were just having some... You know, at the time, straight girls singing like a bubblegum pop, like, ooh, it's racy because kissing girls, right, as a girl. Like, so those kinds of things, like, does that fall somewhere different? Does that hit us differently? You know, I think that it's it's so interesting you brought that up because I was just reading a tweet. I have, I have a very... There's this uh, woman named Marissa Moss. She's a very, very well-known music critic uh, and journalist. She's probably one of my favorite music writers uh, ever. I read everything she writes, usually Rolling Stone and a bunch of other magazines. But she reposted something that someone else had posted about this. It was like a rap song, and it was these women dancing in it with like nothing but like thongs on and just really dancing, like just jiggling all over. And 
whatever. And then she repost like somebody had said like, how is this like the feminist movement? Because like she had said something about like I can do whatever. And Marissa Moss reposted it, and she was like, she said something really like basically on the side of like it is feminist because she can do that, and it doesn't mean anybody can disrespect her for it. And I had mm-hmm. never thought about that because obviously that's something I would be uncomfortable doing myself. But the more and more I thought about it, the more I was like, what makes my opinion that using being authentically sexual or in any regard, even if it does help your career, wouldn't that be the same thing as like someone back in the day saying like you can't wear uh, something without, you can't show your shoulder on stage, you know? Like, and that was a thing for women Mm -hmm. in country music. You couldn't show skin. So I'm like, well, I suppose it might be overcorrecting, but at the same time, I don't think it necessarily does damage. I think I think it's hard. I don't, I I go back and forth with it because at some point I'm like, well, I don't like want our whole culture because it sells so well. That's some, it's like bro country. There's nothing wrong with bro country, but when it's all that's selling, it's upsetting because that's what our culture is becoming. So I think balance is key. So like, yes, it's good to be sexual if that's authentically who you are. If you're being sexual just to sell things, it's not going to sell things. People see through that easily. But if it's authentically who you are, I think it's always a good idea. I just hope as a culture somewhere we figure out a way to even it out. So if you're watching all of these like booty movies, maybe also watch, listen to some Brandy Carlisle, you know, whatever, just like balance yourself out as a culture. Like, I think that's more what we need to promote is diversity in what you're listening to instead of just saying this is right or wrong. Like just let people listen what they listen to. But I hope as a culture that we don't, we don't overindulge in anything that could be damaging to, to the way we're raised, I guess. So I have sort of a follow-up question because it's something else that we wanted to talk about. And I'm also curious about it because you uh, also sing in Spanish a lot, right? And so, A, I know, I think there are things that Ellie wants to talk about, about like music being like universal language and stuff like that. But I'm curious, like, does that also carry over to um, like when people sing in languages or in cultures that like aren't, like aren't their voice really do you know what I mean yeah yeah it's funny Uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine in El Salvador uh which is where I was born and um she was like it must be so cool to have like all your favorite music in your language because I speak English and Spanish fluently and I was just like dang I've never thought about that before but it's true you go to the Philippines people know every single word to a Beyonce song and or (laughs) probably better a One Direction song (laughs) but um (laughs) But really, it's it's fascinating how much, how international it's gotten. I just recently got reposted by Sebastián Yatra, who is like probably one of the biggest Latin singers ever. And it increased my followers by a few thousand like overnight, like just because he reposted something that I did. So like, and what's crazy is the fact that he saw it and I was, I made the video here in Nashville from my room. So it's like, there's, and it, I got like 2000 followers from around the world, you know, and like all of them are clicking on this video that's exclusive to cmt.com right now. And they're like, I can't see it. I can't access this site. And I've never had such mm. so many international people wanting to see a video that I made in Nashville about moving from California to Nashville. And people from Germany, <laughs> Chile, like Greece, I'm getting all these messages. And I'm like, it is just insane how we have grown. It's it's the upside of the streaming world is that your audience can literally be anywhere. And you can fight it or you can realize what a blessing it is and learn how to work with it, you know? Yeah. I love it. I also love like what you're saying about how you can have people from all over the world. And like Lee was saying, I do want to talk about music as the universal (laughs) language, but you don't need to actually understand the lyrics to understand the emotion behind the song. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you could I could listen. I don't speak Spanish and I can listen to an entire song in Spanish and still like thoroughly enjoy the song and understand what it's about even if I can't, like, understand the lyric, which I just think is, like, Yeah, I mean, we we don't need to get into Justin Bieber <laughs> and that whole debacle. That's funny. <laughs> but, yes. I think we touched on this a little bit, but I think this is going to be our little wrap-up. You were talking a little bit more about diversity. What do you want to yes. see more in terms of diversity and representation in the music industry in the next decade. I want to see more life-changing songs. I think that if you look at this the scope of the radio right now, I think pop is actually better about it than country, but country I see a lot of the number 1 songs be either very well-established artists that fly up and fly down the charts or they're new artists that have to choose a song that's like very easy 
party song, easy tempo, like tempo in the middle. And like, those are great songs. But I think that now that we're moving out of just getting a my diverse culture than just the bro country, which sold so well that it just overtook everything, which is nothing wrong with that. But like I said, diversity is key. And finally, I feel like I'm starting to hear more of the ballads on the radio and just like these songs that are just so powerful. And I think, I think the only way that changes is if when you're you know, laying in bed and you're about to pull the, the sheets over your head and you're sticking your headphones, it's like, maybe try a new playlist. Like, maybe type in your mood and find something new. Like, whether it's Apple Music or whatever, like, try something new and listen to the lyrics. If, if someone's saying, like, I'm just, you know, slamming all these girls and it's so much fun and I drink champagne and I drive a Lamborghini, whatever, that's fun to play with every once in a while. But, like, think about what you're saying because the things that you listen to become who you are. So, like, if you... If you listen to that, that's fun if you're just trying to get crunk, but like in your own space, think about what the words are and like ask yourself what they're trying to tell you. And I think my music has grown so much being inspired to really discover new stuff. So I think what I want to see more of is just a diversity and not just like the pop, the easy hits, the whatever, but really seeing a real good landscape of human emotion, which is like what, what where I think we're starting to lean more towards. Yeah, as someone who only uh, drinks champagne and drives a Lamborghini, I just really like songs that's, that Did speak I you? to my experience. No, but it, you I'm know, it's kidding. so funny because because <laughs> it is it's so true. Like I, it's something I always joke with my wife about because like she always has a really hard time like picking out lyrics and stuff, and so she cares so much less about what the words to a song are like she's a lot more into like how it sounds and I'm always like but listen listen to it you know I'm like I'm like there on like genius.com I'm like looking it up but so yeah I I totally agree I love when uh I feel like we're wired similarly say something (laughs) yep yep (laughs) it's meant to be it's meant to be it's why we're going to be a great uh a great trio on our uh, hit acapella (laughs) I love it I love it. We'll sing on our little amazing. in our little tent next to the Brandy Carlisle show with Netflix yeah, playing in the background. Yes, me in your suitcase on Melissa. Melissa I love it. I love it's it. It's timely. Oh, is it time? Yes. Okay. It is time. So we have a segment that we like to wrap up with. Okay. Um it is called Q and Gay. Q Q Q and Gay. And uh, we have just a couple multiple choice or yes or no questions. And what we do is we will ask you some of them we might have covered already, but uh, we can answer them definitively. And then we will put them up on our Twitter for all of our listeners to answer as well. I love it. So why don't I start us off? Question one, uh, who is your favorite LGBTQ pop singer? Out of the following four choices: uh, A. Haley Kiyoko, B. Kehlani, C. Janelle Monae, or D. Halsey. I, I just, I'm a big Halsey fan, man. Nice. Halsey nice. is good. I like her music. She's a good yeah. writer. She is a really amazing singer too. I'm very much mm-hmm. like it, you have to have good vocals, or like I'm out. We can't do it. <laughs> okay, number two. What's your favorite language to sing in? A. English, B, Spanish, or C, other. <laughs> I left it open ended. Yeah, for, for our listeners. I really like singing in Japanese, actually. I was going to. No, I. <laughs> we're, we're awaiting that uh, country single next. <laughs> you know, K-pop it's not country. that I like. It's not that I like singing in Spanish, but I do. There's something about the beat that I find very, very fun. So I love playing it mm. live because it makes people dance. Um, but I love. There's so many English songs that I love too. It's just, I think live. I do really love the beat of a Spanish song. Not to put you on the spot again, but question three, who is your favorite LGBTQ country singer out of Shelly Wright, uh, Katie Lang, Maya Sharp, or Angie Kay? I heard the last one's really good. This is a hard one. (laughs) I think I heard that recently somewhere too, yeah. I think Shelly Wright, I really been getting into a lot of her stuff. All right, number four. This is a loaded question. (laughs) Do you think straight artists should sing about the LGBTQ community? Yes or no? I guess in what regard? Like, just sing, like, I love rainbows and gay people. Like, what yeah. are you singing? <laughs> yeah. Wait, did you hear the song I'm working on? How did you get a copy of it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was saying, I guess you're talking more like, for example, Taylor Swift saying, because Shade never made anyone less gay, like, in that regard. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's rad. I think like as long as it's authentic and it's something you want to say, it's right. If it's not, people see through it. Like if there's one thing I've learned in doing this for eight years on the road, actually me and Annie Clements were talking about this the other day. Annie Clements is a fantastic bass player. She plays for Marin Morris. And her and I have like a little bit of a jam band that plays down on Broadway uh, when we're in town. And Broadway is a, a major street. It's like the strip in Vegas, except for Nashville. And nice. me and her were talking and it was like, there's this, there's this balance you have as a performer that is trying too hard and being too comfortable. And you're always going to be going between the two and you'll finally hit the pocket in these perfect moments. And it's literally when you realize you're 100% comfortable in your own skin and the audience knows it and there's no in between you and the audience. It's like you're really just enjoying the company. And I think that as an artist, that is the place you have to be if you're going to release a song. So like if you're going to release a song and you at all feel like you're trying too hard or you're too comfortable, it's probably not the right song. So I guess that would be like my way of of detecting whether or not it's right. Because like you're like you're saying, there is a community out there that's willing to support LGBTQ supporters and allies and artists. Uh, it's not right to abuse that if that's not what you truly feel is your calling to say and to fight for. Uh, but then again, anything positive being said about the community in my head, I don't see that as a step backwards. Love it. Nice. I also have a loaded question, which is question five. But really, though, should you leave California? I'm not going to lie to you. I, I definitely miss California. It's hard to live by the ocean and then not. But, uh, I mean, Nashville is just so cool. And it's definitely growing on Marissa. I'm not going to lie. When we moved, it was pretty gray. She's pretty moody. But then when the sun came out, she was, like, happy again. I was like, man, is this how all Californians are? <laughs> if you're from California, <laughs> you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But, yeah, when the sky's out, like, and the, the sky's blue and it's not raining, she's very happy. But she's still getting used to the the torrential downpours and thunderstorms <laughs> in between. <laughs> so you're not long distance anymore. You live together? No. She's here. Her office is right there. So That's awesome. So yeah. when you wrote the song, you were long distance? Yeah, so Riss and I, uh, Marissa Boucher, my girlfriend and I, we met on a cruise ship. I was working, and she was cruising as a guest, and we were just friends for like three years, and then we dated for four, almost four, and we did the long-distance thing. We lived in California for a little over two years, like almost three years, and then I signed with Jake Owen's manager. Jake Owen's a pretty big country artist. And because of that, I was flying back and forth so much to Nashville, I was finally like, I've got to move. And so I moved all the way to Nashville, and we did long distance for a year, and it was really hard. And finally, I kind of mustered up the courage to ask her to move, despite the fact that all of her friends and family were there, her business were there, her employees were there, this whole life she had built was there. And I was asking for Uproot It All and to move here with me for my dreams. And it's not like I'm like super established either, so it was a big risk. And I just kind of, these words just kept coming out and, and I kept refining it. And I, I probably never spent as long as I did on this song on anything else I've written just because it was something I really wanted to get right, not just for the song's sake, but for my sake. And so finally I wrote it and I played it for her. And, uh, you know, it's like what we were, loop it back to the beginning, you know, when you're playing guitar, they have to listen. So she listened and, uh, <laughs> and she finally moved. <laughs> nice. That's... So so the answer is, yes, you should leave California, but only for love or music, which I think Ellie and I can get on board with. Yeah, I'm down yes. for that. Yes. Yeah. And only cool. if your girlfriend writes you a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like these. Go. Learning important things See, on this podcast. Kelsey got me to move to California, and she didn't write me a song at all. <laughs> well, overdue for a song, Lee. I'll, let, I'll tell her. <laughs> Uh, remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. So where can our listeners find you on social media, Angie? What are your handles? To find my music, it's super easy. Just type in Angie space K, like the letter K, and I'll be on, on Spotify, Pandora, anywhere you can find music, you'll find mine under that name. If you want to find me on Instagram, which I read all my DMs, that's how I got on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> All you have to do is type in Angie and K-E-I. So Angie and K-E-I. Don't try to spell the rest of the name. I get it wrong sometimes. It's really complicated. Just type in Angie and then K-E-I. You will find me. Shoot me a message. Say hi. I'd love to hear from you. 
Cool. And do you have anything coming up that you want to let our listeners know about? Yeah, I have a few shows coming up the end of September, the 23rd to the 26th. I'm doing something called the Island Hopper Festival, which is one of my favorite things to do all year. It's hosted by BMI, and it's like all of these huge country and uh, and pop songwriters come down to Fort Myers Beach in, in Florida, and we do something called Writer's Round, which is really a Nashville thing where the writers sit on stage and they tell you the story behind the song, and you play it. Like last year, I played with uh, Frank Myers. He's written I Swear uh, from my front porch looking in, like these big hits that you've heard on the radio, but you've never heard the writer side of why they wrote it. And so it's a really unique festival, and there's also going to be like a big gay night. They're deciding which day that's going to be. It's going to be, I think, the 26th or the 25th. That is going to be a party you will never forget. So if you're in the LGBT community and you're anywhere near Fort Myers, Island Hopper Festival, it's going to be fun. I'll see you there. Super cool. That sounds awesome. (laughs) And Angie will also be doing an Instagram story takeover on our Instagram. So make sure you follow us at Les Hangout Pod and send all your questions for Angie. Angie, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This was amazing. This it was fun. Blast. Thanks for dealing with all the technical difficulties. The listeners will never know. <laughs> Except for now when you just said it. God damn it. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, it's Ellie edits and it's magical. Leave California. Run away with me to Tennessee I know that you love the water We could find us a place on Percy Priest I'm just leading on ya Leave California I know it's hard to give it all to a girl like me Playing guitar just to make ends meet I ain't got much but I got this dream I got a tank full of gasoline yeah. And a shotgun seat So leave California We love hearing from all of you and we love continuing to build this community, so we like to take the chance every episode to just shout out some of our favorite things happening lately. And one of those things and people is Fearless Nina on Instagram. They messaged us saying they found our podcast and said it's been the best, most fun companion on long train and bus rides for the past two days. They're also listening in Japan while they're traveling with their family, which is super cool. And sent us this really awesome picture of them holding their phone in front of these mountain roads. And I just felt like we were there with them on the mountain. So thank you, well, Fearless ho- Nina. Holding their phone, showing them listening to the podcast. So we are we're traveling the world. <laughs> just with holding them. their phone. Just no reason. Their- <laughs> they just sent us a picture of their phone because it's really pretty phone. Uh, no, they're bringing us with them. And we think that's great because it just it's uh, it it touches our little gay hearts. That's what it does. Yes. We love it, so thank you for sharing. And as always, we also want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Amy and Ellen, Lizette Stye, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Michelle Ray Thomas, Sarah and Julia, Nicole Gross, Carrie and Lawrence, Mark Foster, and Danny Gunlock-Timura. And I am so happy to be able to say this last one. We have a new King Princess patron, and that is Kayla Kelly, who has been the number one fan of this podcast since we came out. I just want to say how much I love you. Lee loves you. (laughs) Kayla is truly a king. So, Kayla, you are leaving... No doubt that number one fan spot, you just, you jumped on that. So everyone else, you know, there's, the bar has been set now. There's, there's no going back. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be the first one to know when new episodes go up every week. We're also posting on our YouTube channel this season, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod. 
If you want to help support the podcast, there's a couple different ways that you can do that. The easiest one is stop by iTunes, leave us a rating or a review or both. Uh, It really helps new people find the podcast. And of course, you can support us on Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have our newest King Princess tier where you can vote on a should have been gay for us to record. We are so excited to get started on that. And then also our ultimate sponsorship tier if you have an LGBTQ business that you want us to shout out. If you want to deck yourself out in some Les Hangout swag, you can do that at our Public store. You can find it at bit.ly slash lesshop. And if you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LSH Foster. And with that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.